Welcome to Wellspring on the Air, where professional Christian counselors share practical life and Bible insights. Why? Because hearts and minds matter. We're glad you joined our show today to hear from our host, Tova Kreps, president of Wellspring Counseling in Miami. Tova is a licensed therapist with many years of experience as a Christian counselor. Tova teaches, writes, and consults, and Life FM is pleased to have Wellspring Counseling restoring hearts and minds in our community. Welcome to Wellspring on Air. I'm Tova, co-founder and president of Wellspring Counseling. Today's program, again, is an interview with my husband, Israel Kreps. I've had him on this show once before. He has an amazing radio voice. It's part of what I fell in love with because he has this great voice. You'll hear it just a second. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm only here for the money. <laughs> so he, he is here joining me. He's supportive of me and my work and my ministry, and that includes him being willing to come on the show with me, and I'm excited to have him here again with me today. And today, what we're going to talk about is when nice isn't nice. And this is something that Israel harps on a lot, and we talk about a lot, which is people being too nice. It's one of his pet peeves, and he's actually not known for being too nice himself. He's... <laughs> I, I am... I, I think that part of the interesting part about our marriage is that she has a very Southern perspective. Although she grew up in Africa, she spent a lot of formative years in Texas, which has that Southern mindset, and my paradigm is more Northeastern. So we're really pretty oil and water as to how we view the topic of, quote-unquote, being nice. But after 28 years of marriage and three kids and grandkids, we have kind of a unified view now on it isn't nice to be too nice and not honest. So we're going to dive right into that on Wellspring on the Air. So let's start by just defining the word nice. So I looked it up in the dictionary or whatever. I Googled it, as we all would. Um, Nice says that it's to be pleasant, agreeable, or satisfactory. Uh, synonyms, enjoyable, pleasant, good, satisfying. It's kind of an interesting thing that nice really is agreeable. And that is, I think, a good definition of it. I want to contrast that with the word kind. Kind is similar, and I think it's a better choice for us behaviorally, which is to be kind, is to be respectful to other people. So we're going to be considerate of others and friendly. And so sometimes we confuse the two. There's nothing wrong with being pleasant and agreeable. To be nice is a wonderful thing. The problem is life doesn't always accommodate or make it good to be nice. Sometimes we need to be not nice in order to be honest. And I think Jesus is a great example of this. Jesus was kind but he was stern at times. He turned the tables over. He called the Pharisees a bunch of snakes. I'm not sure we need to be calling people snakes. Jesus can get away with it better than us. But he did not confuse kind with nice. God is kind. Jesus was kind. But that's not the same thing as I'm always going to just agree with everybody around me. Well, I, I believe that being, and it's not just an excuse to not be nice, which I realize I'm not nice, but no. <laughs> I believe that that being he is very kind. I, but being kind is a mandate. I believe that being kind is a mandate from Scripture. I believe that being nice is often, not always, but often a Christian myth that you have to be nice at the cost of something, at the and mostly at the cost of being truthful, which is a real problem. And that is actually, I think, the only time it is a problem to be nice. And what we mean is polite and agreeable. We think that we need to be Christian, and to be Christian is to always be agreeable, and that is not true. And when we sacrifice truth for being agreeable, we actually do a great deal of harm. Well, when you look at the, you gave some synonyms for 
niceness, and the synonyms for kind are kind-hearted, warm-hearted, caring, affectionate, loving. Those are Christian mandates as to how we should be as individuals. Right. We can be honest and still be loving. Correct. And we could be honest because we love somebody. We could tell the truth. Well, we could be nice to someone and be doing them a huge disservice. And again, I, I kid around, but I feel like often Christians are concerned about being nice. You and I are now dealing with a personal situation with somebody very close to us who really is struggling with a situation because they have a desire to be nice and the actions that they're going to have to be forced to take are going to make them look less than nice. But it still nonetheless is the kind thing to do. The kind thing is to tell the truth. Correct. Yeah, let's think of some examples of why people would choose to be nice instead of honest. Well, I can't think of a single one to be nice, but I, <laughs> but in, if putting myself in somebody else's shoes, I would say that you would do it to not hurt somebody's feelings. Right. You would do it, in my opinion, mostly to look good because it looks great to be the one that's the nice person. Nobody wants to be the heavy. So one of the negative reasons for choosing to be nice instead of honest is really as pride in our own reputation. We want to have a reputation for being a nice Christian, for being a pleasant and agreeable person, and we're not willing to sacrifice that in order to have a hard conversation or an honest conversation when it's needed. Well, and again, I also believe that part of this the Christian mythology is that if you're not nice, you're going to have conflict, and conflict is not good. And I don't believe that is accurate. I don't think that having conflict is not good. It's not optimal, but conflict is just a fact of life, and it's just a reality of life. So Scripture does tell us that we should try, as much as it's dependent on us, to get along with everybody. And Scripture says that we should do that. But sometimes we cannot do that. So we have times where we kick people out of the church. We have times where we follow Matthew 18 and we confront people. We have times where we tell the truth in love. We have times where we call a wolf a wolf who's in the church. And none of those things look very nice. They actually are very, very controversial issues and conflict ridden. And so, yeah, if we're afraid to have conflict because we think it's not Christian to have conflict, we're going to get ourselves in trouble. Well, when you look at Paul warning people against wolf in sheep's clothing, if you really take that analogy to its nth degree, a sheep is harmless, a sheep is what we are. So basically, they are ostensibly saying these people look and sound just like you, but they're really not. They're wolves. Because their motives are different. Their motives are different, and that is a huge problem. So let's take a minute first, and let's just talk about wolves for a minute, because I think they're a great example of where being nice gets us in big trouble. So I think of an example where there's a predator-type person in the church um, who's in Christian leadership, and I have watched this happen more than once in different churches, not the one I'm in now, but where in order to be nice to this person in leadership, they covered their sins. And I think this whole hashtag Me Too and the entire movement in hashtag in church too is is all a part of that where we have not wanted to embarrass a public figure. We don't want to shame them. We don't want their family to be embarrassed that they've done these things. And so we try to give them an easy way out of the church or an easy way out of a job without having to really, really step up and own it. And in the process of being nice to them, we have been 
extremely harmful to the victims, the people who have suffered at their hands, and then watch the leadership just kind of turn a blind eye or dismiss someone quietly without ever really acknowledging their sin to those who've been sinned against. Well, I think we've both been part of situations where, unfortunately, for good motive of, as you say, not trying to embarrass somebody, you want to quietly get them out of Dodge. And the problem then becomes, what if they don't want to leave Dodge? (laughs) And that was one of the situations that you and I faced when we were younger. And the person trying to get them out of Dodge now was in a bad position. And he had to continuously mislead a congregation about what was really going on. And so that was really problematic because it just snowballed. So truth really at the beginning of that would have been a far less complex path than trying to kind of weave all these uh, uh, what-ifs and gee, misdirections, basically. Yeah, and I think that sometimes we actually, we say we believe the gospel, which is everyone is a sinner, and that Christ died for our sins, and that then he forgives our sins, and yet we don't really want to admit that we have sins or call other people out on their sins. Well, what, do we believe that they could be forgiven even if they acknowledge their sins? Do we believe that Christ called them while they were still sinners and that he died for them and he'll forgive them? And if we really believe that, we wouldn't be so reticent, so afraid to comment on the fact that people are sinful. We wouldn't be so nice that we just can't ever admit or are in ourselves or tell other people, hey, you're sinning in this. It's okay that you have. We can forgive you. We can move on, but you got to call it what it is. Well, and I think that there are people who thrive on conflict, and they love conflict, and they just love to stir the conflict. And that's not really what we're talking about. We're, no. we're talking about really the, the middle-of-the-road type of person who is a believer, who is a nice person, just a genuinely nice person, but who really struggles with the difference between nice and kind. And you really have done a great job, frankly, of teaching me because I think there were moments where I probably wasn't kind and I wasn't nice. <laughs> so I, I've learned to really bring myself to balance uh, really through your example, because I really do see you as, and I've said this to you, not because she's my wife, but I think she's really the, the most left, right brain balanced human being that I know. And that really has been very helpful to you as you basically uh, say what you mean and mean what you say. And that has caused issues for you because there's people who don't want to hear it. But on the other hand, I think you would have done them a disservice had you not followed that path. Well, you and I are a good example of how God works by helping hone each other. You know, iron sharpens iron because I may have helped you be kinder. I think I probably have. You've helped me be more honest over the years because I lean the other way. I lean towards being nice and not always speaking the truth. And you have said, this is the truth. This needs to be said. And it's actually kinder to tell someone the truth up front than it is to minimize it in the end because the truth always comes out. It really does. And so let's move from wolves. Let's move to the situation where the truth is we're going to reject somebody for some reason. I think this is a, a place where we often aren't nice. So let's think of an example like an employee-employer relationship. You can be an employer and you can say, "I really, this person's failing in this job. And if you don't tell them, if you don't give them a good, clean probationary period where they know exactly why you're hoping they leave this job because they're failing, you don't even give them the opportunity to change. And people can surprise us. They can change. And so it's much kinder to be honest and say, look, this job is not working. You need to change this, this, and this in order to stay in the job and to give them the heads up and that opportunity. That's kinder. Think about the rejection of a boyfriend or a girlfriend. 
tell them the truth. Don't just say, oh, you know, I'm not interested in dating right now. And then two weeks later, you're dating somebody else. Tell them the truth, because the truth is, I don't want to be with you because you're obnoxious when you do blank. And it's annoying, and nobody wants to be with somebody who does blank all the time. You just label it and tell them, and it's it's a kind thing to do. But it's much easier to say, it's not you, it's me. It's not you. It's You're me. not the problem. <laughs> I'm the problem, and so we need to move on. That's a much... That's a that's certainly the path of least resistance. But you know, to your point of telling people the truth, and I and I've tried to really apply that to my life all the more. And recently had a situation, well, actually some months back with an employee, where I was able to really say, "You are just in the wrong place." We'd gone through several probationary periods, and I was finally able to just really hone it down because we'd gone through the process, and this individual had been given the opportunity to repurpose, if you will, what they were doing. And they just really couldn't pull it off. And I was able to really say, this isn't your passion. There were things that this individual was good at. And when you saw them react that way or, or on those tasks, you could see, wow, they would really be good. But it was like 5% of the job that I needed. So I was able to say, this is, this is not where you're going to succeed. Well, and that's actually kinder because they're not in the right place. And it's not kind to keep someone in by being nice to them in the wrong job because there's some place that God has designed them for. Right. It made me feel really good, actually, because it was really bad. This person, I felt like I was, you know, throwing a baby out a window or something. She was just such a nice person, but wasn't getting it. It made me feel really good that uh, this individual found a job in exactly their skill set some months later. Yeah, and I think the same thing is true. You know, we shouldn't pity date somebody, be in a relationship with someone because we're afraid to break it off, employ them for when we really should be letting them go. All of those things are actually all because we're afraid of the conflict, we're afraid to hurt people's feelings, and we're afraid to be honest, and we don't want to look like the bad guy. And all of those things put us in a, in a bad position where we really ultimately are not kind and loving to people. You know, on that note, I'm, we're just going to take a quick break. So if you're listening to us, hang on there. We'll be right back. Traumatized youth are evident in all walks of society, in the news, and in our communities. Wellspring Counseling helps community youth overcome the traumas of violence, sexual abuse, grief, and loss through a summer program called Bounce. Bounce Trauma Resolution Program helps youth process their trauma and learn resilience through intensive experiential therapies like art and horse-assisted therapy in a fun, camp-like Christian atmosphere. This program is partially funded by a Miami-Dade County grant, but we still need your support. Would you sponsor a youth who has experienced a severe traumatic event in Miami-Dade County to attend Bounce? Go to wellspringmiami.org bounce or call 786 786- 573-7010 to donate by phone. Welcome back to Wellspring on the Air. I'm Tova, and with me today is my husband, Israel Kreps. I'm so honored to have him join me on the show. And today we're talking about when nice isn't nice. And just the idea that being nice is a wonderful thing as long as you don't have to sacrifice honesty to do it. And that we as Christians need to not be afraid to be honest as long as we're kind in it, and that that is actually better than being dishonest and nice and appearing to be really pleasant and agreeable when really we may be afraid of conflict or afraid of the truth or afraid of hurting someone's feelings, we actually do them a disservice. No, I'm really glad to be here as the poster child for not being nice. Thank you for inviting me. (laughs) 
Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> Those of us who know us are laughing out there. We know you are. Okay, let's apply this to parenting. So sometimes, uh, hopefully we are good parents and we teach our kids to be nice, to be agreeable, and to be pleasant. We also need to teach them to be honest. And that there are times when people are very rude to them that they need to stand up for themselves. So first of all, in terms of parenting, I want to say if you're teaching your kids that they are the most perfect person ever to walk the planet because you want them to feel good, you're actually not being, you may be nice to them, but you're not being kind because they're going to walk into the rest of the world and think that everybody should bow to them. And then they don't, and so they're shocked and upset. So I do think you can be actually too nice to your kids instead of being honest and saying, honey, when you're really, really whiny, it's hard to be around you. That would be kind but honest as opposed to, oh, everybody loves it even if you're whining. Well, or I think that, <laughs> the again, looking at, at the reality of a Christian home, and, and, and I appraise how difficult this is because we've certainly – Raise three kids. Raise three kids. And, for and better or worse. For better or worse. <laughs> and, and have other people that we have parented uh, along, um, along the years. At the end of the day, to, if, you, if you do that with your children, what you just described, at the end of the day, you've really almost made them unable to function in the real world because the world really is not nice. And unless you are in living, and with all due respect, in a Christian cocoon where everybody's a believer and even then, Let's not get going there, but even then, uh, at, at the end of the day, if if they're out, if you're teaching them things that are really not true, that becomes a problem. Yeah, any untruth, the untruth that they are better than everybody else when they're not. Um, you had a story about about trophies. What was it? There was there was a uh, sixty minutes had a news piece. Uh, some months back where there was, I believe, a soccer league in California, a massive soccer league, that decided to not give any first, second, third place trophies. If you played, you got a trophy. doesn't matter where. And they where, were all equal. They were all equal. And, and what the, Well, I, if I recall correctly, the study following those kids over the years showed that most were really not successful because they did not have a grasp on reality as to what was really their skill and what was not. And they just basically learned that all, and this was terrifying, that all you really had to do to succeed was to show up. Well, statistics say that's a pretty big percent of success, but your point is well taken. We need to be able to get corrective feedback. Correct. And if we don't have corrective feedback, we don't actually fix the things that we need to to do better. I remember one time actually confronting a friend. It didn't go well, by the way. I'm not sure it's a great advice to confront it, but I remember telling this person, you know, people would enjoy you more. She was in great distress because people didn't want to be around her, and so I actually told her the truth. People would enjoy you more if you talked less because you talk so much proportion of the conversation was as kind as I could say. Basically, she monopolizes the whole conversation. But what I said was you talk disproportionately so much more than anyone else. People get tired of being around you for long periods of time because they want to turn to talk too. She was mad at me and didn't speak to me for a very long time. And, you know, that was okay. But I actually felt led by the Lord. I felt like it was kind for me to answer the question because she was in great distress that people didn't invite her to things. There was a reason people didn't invite her. She monopolized. Well, and sadly, and I know who this person is, they didn't get it. They didn't accept it. And they're still frustrated that people don't care for her and don't like her. Yeah. So again, let's just kind of come back to some of those situations. Uh, Israel, you had some scriptures and some quotes on this about what the Bible has to say with that. Can you share some of those with us? 
Right. I was reading a blog by a pastor, Stephen Whitmer, and I don't know who Stephen Whitmer is or what his theology is per se, but he has a blog called Kindness Changes Everything. And really, he says, most of us probably try to be nice and pleasant when we interact with others. After all, it works to our own benefit if others like us. Kindness, true biblical kindness, however, is much more than simply smiling and asking polite question. Kindness, Whitmer reminds us, is supernatural. Like the other fruits of the Spirit, it can only be obtained through abiding in Christ. It is an outgrowth of the genuineness of our faith. I thought that was just striking because it is just such great perspective that that kindness is an outgrowth of Christ. Christ was always kind, and kindness didn't always look nice. And that's a really hard thing to get your head around. So if you're kindness a is a fruit of the Spirit, but niceness is not. Correct. But I will say that in the great Christian myth, I believe niceness supplants kindness. Uh, especially if you grew up in, in homes where any kind of conflict was seen as a negative. It's, you squelch your feelings by never, ever being able to say, so-and-so got me upset or, or I'm angry. That was a bad thing. It was, it was uh, inappropriate to say you were angry. Yeah, if you're not allowed to be angry, you're going to have to be nice. And in the end, what happens underneath is you act nice on the outside, but you're so bitter on the inside that that oozes out sooner or later and it oozes into gossip it oozes into backbiting because you're not allowed to say it directly so you're going to say it to someone somewhere and it just fuels a bitter spirit in us i really believe that the offshoot of dysfunctional niceness is passive aggressiveness Absolutely. and, and i believe that there are f- fewer things more contradictory to how god treats us than being passive aggressive but going on uh, with what Pastor Whitmer was saying, he says, neither is kindness weakness. In fact, kindness is extremely powerful. The old phrase, killing them with kindness, speaks to the power. A thoughtful gesture or an act of concern can have on a cold heart. And he notes, and I, I would note Romans twelve twenty: if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. I, I think that's a very striking verse as it relates to the concept of kindness to an individual. So we can speak truth, and we can be gentle and kind to our enemies, and it's not going to look like weakness. It's going to look like honesty, and that's really the way God is. That's the way Jesus was. He was kind, but he was always truthful, and he didn't have any trouble letting people be upset with him. As a matter of fact, he let them be so upset they killed him, which is tough on us because sometimes being honest will will have negative ramifications. People will not like us. I, I did lose that friend that I said that to, but but we need to be honest because it's actually kinder to people. And it doesn't mean we have to go out and say, all truth does not need to be said. We just need to not lie. So if you, you know, if you don't have something nice to say, don't say it. Really, if you can't be honest, don't say it. But say something that is honest. We forget that we often have choices about what we say. Like we can just say, I don't want to talk to you about this right now. And that would be much more honest than making up a lie. We could say, I'm uncomfortable having you at this thing or doing this with you or with what you just said. And we don't have to explain ourselves all the time. But that's so much better than making up a lie because we're trying to, quote, not hurt someone's feelings or avoid conflict because we're afraid we're the bad guy and, and we'll look not nice. Well, and I think that a caveat to the discussion has to be that we're really talking to the people who are... In, in the role of really defining niceness as their character. There are people who are very quick to 
throw judgment. As a matter of fact, you, to your credit, have been protective of me because there's plenty of people and there's plenty to criticize about me. There are people that you have been defensive for uh, with me who have been critical of me because they just are like criticizing. That's really not who we're talking about. We're really talking about the other side. And the question that I think you have uh, taught, if you will, is being nice means that I'm doing the best thing for me. Being kind means I'm doing the best thing for the other person. That, that, is, that, that is a huge difference. That's really, really well put. And, you know, God, again, thinking about God in Scripture, I love this verse, Romans eleven twenty two. It says, Consider, therefore, the kindness and the sternness of God, sternness to those who fell, but kindness to you, provided that you continue in his kindness. Otherwise, you also will be cut off. To have those two things put together quite so closely, juxtaposed, kindness and sternness. God is both kind and honest. He never takes our sin and says, oh, it's okay. I don't mind that you sinned against me. He says, you sinned. Someone has to pay, but I love you and I'll pay. You know, I have a good example of this. I have a good friend who's a store manager of a retail shop, and she was just sharing with me just the other day that she had somebody come in and try and exchange clothes that they had clearly worn for quite a while. And so it was annoying to, to her, and but she said, said to him, she looked at him, she said, you've worn this, and she showed him why, and she showed him how, and he was trying to play the game. How do I play the game to get my money back and get cash back? And he was just playing the game. And she finally looked at him, and she said, I am going to exchange this for you because I represent the brand, and the brand wants you to know that we care about you and that you have a good experience with us. I need you to know that what you're doing is wrong, and you know it. And she said, then he just blushed. And this is someone who is really good at speaking the truth. It was kind, but it was still true, as opposed to pretending this game that it wasn't worn and then giving it back. You know, she just spoke the truth, but she said it kindly. And so I think that's a, it's an example of having the two things put together. Before we end our time here, I do want to bring up the, the danger of being nice all the time actually puts us, our children, or those that we teach in the church to be nice all the time in jeopardy of being abused because what happens is if you're following the rule of politeness I'm going to be polite so that I always look nice because I think that's what it means to be a Christian and then you're in a relationship with somebody who's following the rules of abuse in other words I'm going to pressure you to do what I want for my good and my purposes I'm going to use and abuse you that that abusive person can use your niceness to keep you from ever holding them accountable. They, so what they'll do is they'll ask something they shouldn't ask of you. They're, they break the rules of politeness. They overextend, give me this, do this for me. They ask too much. They pressure too much. And when you don't like it, they turn the tables on you and they say, oh, you're not a nice Christian. And they question you. And so you spend all your time defending oh, I guess I was just trying to be nice. You're defending yourself, and really they're manipulating you because you're nice. And then get away with it because you're afraid to tell the truth and you're afraid to break the rules of politeness. And so you really are going to either get walked over by these abusive people or you have the choice of them being seen as somebody not nice. And it's important to just be seen as not nice because you can be kind and stern like God. You can set a boundary with people who are abusive and you don't have to defend that you weren't nice. You can say, no, God is stern and I can speak the truth to you. Stop doing that. And you can, and you have to do it harshly, which won't look nice. It'll look like conflict, but it's the right thing to do. Otherwise, you're enabling these abusive people to take advantage of you all because you're just a nice person. Well, the, the irony of that is and we're, we're both 
thinking of the same example of this individual who for a dozen years has been in an abusive relationship. And at the end of the day, this person is arguably one of the most bitter, angry people we know. So they're not being nice. So the end result didn't work out for them because they're so angry and bitter about what happened. Right. When you're consistently abused because someone's taking advantage of your niceness, you actually become bitter. And then Satan tempts you in a whole other direction because he's busy tempting all of us to do that. All right, friends, we're going to wrap up this show. And our encouragement to you is be nice. But when push comes to shove, be honest instead and be kind in the process. So ask yourself some questions. What is the truth in a situation? And then try to say what's true in the kindest way you possibly can. If you decide to stick with the truth, you may discover some things in you that need to be changed, or you may discover things that need to be said. But don't hide out your bitterness and your anger under niceness. Just be honest and be kind, and God will convict you or convict others, or he'll just straighten it out all by himself without our help. Well, it's a wrap for our show. We need to end there. And thank you for joining us today. We hope you've enjoyed this. Israel, thank you for coming with me again today. Pleasure being here. And if you need more information about us at Wellspring Counseling, you can find us at wellspringmiami.org. Any of our old shows you can find there. And glad you joined us. So it's time to wrap up. This is Tova Crafts with Wellspring on the Air because hearts and minds matter. Wellspring on the Air is a production of Wellspring Counseling, a nonprofit professional counseling center with multiple locations in Miami-Dade County. Wellspring therapists are licensed by the state of Florida and Christian in their worldviews. They have wide ranges of clinical expertise, including marriage, family, anxiety, depression, and trauma. Their diverse group of therapists includes several who speak Spanish or Portuguese. If you would like to know more about Wellspring's services of counseling and education, go to their website at wellspringmiami.org or give them a call at 786-573-7010 or email them at ontheair at wellspringmiami.org. Again, you can find a way to contact them at wellspringmiami.org.